G'day and welcome to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. Now, this is actually a special episode because it was recorded between Scotty Evanett and myself as we were deciding to launch Voice of a Veteran and what we wanted to achieve and where we saw the issues that needed to be addressed in the veteran community. Guys, there are so many golden nuggets to be found in good quality conversation. And the reason that I found myself sitting with Heston in the first place recording podcasts was a need for veterans to support veterans in getting this key information out there. Now this is a great episode for those who want to perhaps gain a better understanding of what we've personally lived through from the highest levels of performance in service through to the lowest areas that too many people avoid conversations on. So stay tuned, take away some of those key learning points and we'd love to hear your feedback at the end. Enjoy. You can also head to the Voice of a Veteran YouTube account to watch the video of this particular podcast. The link should be posted below. Hello, Heston. <laughs> Buddy, I'm going to start this off by oh, uh, asking, who are you, mate? Mate, I am Heston Russell. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> Just a little bit of a background so these guys know exactly what you've done and why you're sitting in that seat. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, born in Sydney, grew up in Brizzy. Joined the military straight out of high school. Uh, went straight down to Canberra, your neck of the woods, for three years at ADFA, then one year RMC. Um, then up to Townsville for three years. And then after that, the history is from 2010 until 2019 at Commando, like yourself, uh, spending some time in Special Forces. Um, during that time, that's when got to see Afghan four times, Iraq once, do all sorts of good things. And then um, transitioned from the military officially started last year but took a bit of long service leave before then to bring um, Barry's over here and since then now trying to sort of carve a bit of a, a path that I reckon we all need in the veterans mental health space. Yeah absolutely and you mentioned Barry's. Yep. Did you naturally fall into the fitness space for those who don't know what Barry's boot camp is? Uh, I think mate and we'll probably talk about this later as far as that sort of transition the culture that was Barry's primarily fitness and fitness minded people was at least one of those parts that I readily affiliated with from life and service and looking for a transition was something that definitely appealed to me. Um, but as I went on to learn, there's definitely a lot more um, that I needed um, from that culture and from life outside of defence. Absolutely. And that's another point, isn't it, is why we're talking today. So my background, very similar to Heston. So we served together at uh, in two commando. So I joined in, uh, in 2006 and I got out in 2013, 2008. I joined the, um, the second commando regiment. Ended up banging out four tours, three of those in Afghanistan. And then um, I asked that question, reference fitness, because that's where I went straight into yep. um, creatures of habit. There's not too many choices for guys like us to get out. There is, but natural, easy transitions, there yeah. isn't. There isn't. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's also what most people just look at you for. I mean, in the unit, mate, you're a, a physical weapon. So, you know, enough people building that around you as well. It's, it provides that path of least resistance, I guess, mentally and physically. Absolutely. So I want to talk about uh, voice of a veteran. Yeah, right. All right. So um, shoot straight. Yeah, sure. So this is the plan. I mean, like I've shared with you, mate, about three weeks ago, I had a very vulnerable moment after hearing about one of the, another one of the boys um, trying to take his own life. And it led me to a place whereby I literally, in my own head, thought that the most plausible course of action was to har attempt to harm myself or kill myself. Um, just the level of sort of despair I was left with over the last few years, transitioning from defence, dealing with the DVA system. Um, and as per the way we've been programmed, I'm then able to go back and then sort of backcast and pick apart where everything's gone wrong. Um, and 
now look to apply that to the level of change that's needed. And first and foremost, mate, as, as contemporary veterans, you know, we're this new... Um, <laughs> we've got the pups the in the background. The we've, we're this sort of new demographic of veterans that the system is trying to support and deal with, but doesn't really know how to. We're sort of grouped in amongst all the others. And I, I reckon first and foremost, things like this, mate, trying to um, set and lead by an example that is the best of what we've been trained to know how to be to allow other contemporary veterans to know that they have a voice, they have others thinking about them, they have others willing to action what is not occurring in the system for them. And then secondly, engaging with that system. And when I talk about the system, we're talking about DVA, we're talking about defence to actually start to have a mature transition process. Uh, and I've already had some pretty good uh, wins in those conversations and currently working with both sides of government to try and see if we can start to make some of the cultural changes needed. Absolutely, and I'm going to inject like a, a, just a different angle on the voice of a veteran, the reason why we're on here talking, because that's exactly what it is. Yep. And, um, Heston and I served together, however, we didn't actually sort of meet too much and, you know, been following one another through social media, but yep. really have only hooked up in the last sort of, you know, six months, I guess, yeah. really. And, um, and it was the stories that, you know, that story in particular, that really grabbed it for me which was you know you gave me a buzz and we had a chat about that and, and I had the similar stories you know yep. I had the same stories you know, how many of us are there yep. out there in the same boat with the same story in where you get to a point where you just you know you're that low and it is with all your heart you go the only way I can get this message through to help someone else is to bring yourself out to delete yourself yep. essentially and isn't that crazy I, that is an insane thought that's, that's the travesty for me so like you're saying yourself, I had this conversation with you, you know, and straight away you're able to fire back with where you've been in that situation. Then I've had this conversation with about a dozen other guys and every single one has told me about the depths that they've gone to in despair slash suicidal ideations slash even making attempts on their own life. And like that is the most shocking thing for me. The last two years of my career were running the selection course and uh, the reinforcement cycle. And that's just that training perspective, let alone the career you guys have had. Um, as the highest trained operators in their military, for me to look at that and go, these guys are the most highly trained people. How much money, how much taxpayers' money has literally gone into training you guys to be what you were at the best of your game? And then to feel like you, you, you've lost that value, you've lost that worth. I mean, it, it's just absolutely incredible to me. And it's at a systemic level. Like, you guys should be the top level coming out of the military and supporting Australian society and putting those capabilities to use. Yep. Um, and let alone you're not being able to do that, but we're actually falling below and we're actually falling into that category that is the highest risk of mental health. I found that um, only putting this together, and you put more and more of your past together where you're currently at, you keep looking back and you're yeah. going, am I, am I going to unbox this some more and more and more? And for me, it's that you have this drive inside of you. Now, if you don't have the placement for that drive and you can see the end goal and you can start reverse engineering it and you do all the things we've been taught to do, it turns into anxiety. There's this spot where it turns from a positive to a negative but yeah. that's a fast negative so that depression you don't or the depression i should say anxiety depression is where it leads to you don't even realize that you're living with the anxiety you think it's that drive yeah it's that buddy of yours it's just like come man get up get up get up <laughs> let's go let's go you've got stuff to do are you finished yet you know yeah and then it turns into that anxiety point where you're just like hang on i'm walking around with a faster heart rate than I than I have to. The chemical imbalance in my body is leading me to want to calm that shit down somehow. You know, yeah. you're turning to to drinking or drugs or whatever you can to sort of dial that down. And dudes don't even know it's happening. Yeah, they're still registering that this is me as a normal, but I'm not achieving anything shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mate, it's it's such a unique. I mean, 
I now have the um, I've now been able to engage socially with some you know top athletes and former Olympians things like that and everyone has seen sort of their transition out of sport you know from putting on weight to everything else in between um, they at least have had that sort of public connection to be able to feel that they still have some values you know some fame behind it grab guys like yourself and myself and all the other guys we're talking about who have lived a life of secrecy you know literally not allowed to tell people that you're in the military literally performing at the highest level of national representation then coming straight out of that system without an adequate transition process and you expect us to be able to maintain you're not even able to connect with people you you know you can't say hey you know yeah i used to do this you have to educate them on what you used to do at yeah. the same time it just makes you feel even more depressed and that you're get, not that cool anymore and get this guys there was a phone call maybe a week ago i think it was no more than a week ago where you were and even yesterday you were teaching me yeah what to do where uh, to go as far as the process is that there was actually two differences between dva and oh mate and the next and all these things Com that super I yeah. Com super that i haven't ticked off this is like a bro of mine and only yeah. that we've gotten closer over the last six yeah. months did that fall into my lap and and, and allow me to sort of pursue that so i'd say this is, this is the before we pull the pull the lid off that can it's just that you know there's just that, that no transition process you know the military has a course for everything but there's no course for exiting the military you know during our generation it was like hey if you're leaving you were you were leaving capability you know, you were diminishing capability from the unit or from the military. Whereas, you know, what is it? The role of the Defence Force is to protect Australia's national interests. You know, we talk about mission nesting. That is a part of, you know, Australia's mission. It should be the defence's priority to then also transition their people at their highest level of capability that they've invested in into being the best they can be in society. And in the same process, because what you're looking for as a soldier is like this, do that. <laughs> Isn't it? In it's, this lesson, you will learn. Very simple. Lowest competent denominator is very easy right? to train and teach. Right? Yeah. By the end of this lesson, you will be able to, and you'll be proved competent or not competent, right? It's yeah. just like... But that isn't the process because it's a civilian styled thing. It's, a, it's the mindset. So yeah. this is, I even had a great chat with a lady called Liz Cousins. She's the, um, uh, I believe she's the secretary for Department of Veterans Affairs last week. And it's all about, we're talking about mindset and motivation. The current mindset of the system is to efficiently move you out of the system as quickly as possible. We're fo it's focusing on liability. It's focusing on compensation. Whereas, you know, we didn't join the military to make money. So the worst thing you can do is push us out through an admin process that makes us feel like we're just another number. And then whenever there's an issue, just throw money at us. Yeah. And guys aren't going to accept that they have any issues when yeah. they come out because they're going to be like, I'm right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll dust off. I'm, I've got stuff to do. Right. But how many years down the track until they reach a point where they're like, hang on, this is really, yeah. you know, that redheaded stepchild in the corner I'm bringing with me every day. You're well, like, where is this guy coming from? And he's all over my back. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I need some help. Right? I need some help. And it's not, that could be six years down the track, eight years for me. Yeah. Eight no, years. I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. And even, just even taking it a step back, mate, you would have remembered you know, in the unit and in the military in general, you know, we hid all of our injuries. Yeah. Every single one. Because the last thing you want to do is potentially have a red flag on you if, say, a job spins up tomorrow. You know, our job was to make ourselves the most deployable. And as opposed to, again, we're talking about this mindset, this cultural change, like, hey guys, like it's best for you to actually start looking after yourself now, document this shit, go see it. It's not gonna impact on capability. Yep. The military is actually the best for doing direct HR. In the corporate world, you know, they give HR out to HR um, resources and whatever, but in this, your direct commander is your direct HR manager, except when it comes to physical or mental injuries. Don't even mention mental injuries, like that's a whole other kettle of fish and you just remove from capability. 
there's just that education process and blokes like yourself and myself mate just have to get more involved in talking to current serving guys and girls the ncos the officers at the junior level say hey long-term plan here you need to look after your people here and now yep. because it's actually the the biggest risk to the nation what's going on with the veteran suicide rate and i don't know about you mate but i don't have many guys that i talk to in there anymore just due to you know the nature of the beast on being out you're over the other side of the fence and and everything else that happens however i do, i do know that their process in dealing with mental and physical health issues inside the unit is far superior than what we're doing outside like only yeah. because you hear of them developing um, or putting things in, in that the Americans have already done before them. Like the SEAL teams have been doing this and we send over that, yeah. you know, that liaison officer overseas and they come back with information and they insert yeah. it into the unit. I'm sure that they're kicking ass in there more than I know. No, no, I'm with you. And that was, that's the nature of the, we're talking specifically about the special forces units that we worked in and that's the specific nature of what we're in. You know, we're in there long enough, our resourcing and our just the, again the mentality you know i wasn't called sir i was called boss or heston like everything was based on competence and character so everything was very common sense so things like that and the ability to have that internal innovation was fantastic but within the wider defense mate that, that doesn't happen and the biggest thing is you can't help but uh appreciate that they don't know what they don't know so unless they've actually lived that experience themselves, like that's the whole thing about lived experience. We need to be able to pass that back into the defence and have these conversations. Absolutely. And I think, um, I don't think I know yourself and myself, you know, we have um, a little bit of a presence on social media, which allows guys still serving in the army, guys that have just gotten out, guys that want to get in, they reach out to a familiar yeah. face and they reach out to someone that they trust that's going to talk back to them because we genuinely want to help. Yeah. Um, and that puts us in a very unique position to bring this sort of information to the table that others aren't hearing about because they've got someone to talk to. I've been a soundboard since I've been out. So 2013, I got out. 2014, starting to put stuff on Facebook even and guys just reaching in through DM, inboxing, just going, Scotty, I'm in this situation, what do I do here? Give me some solutions to these answers. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I love the fact that you and me are now at a point where we can turn around and help as many as we can. I think what you're doing with uh, Voice of a Veteran Man is going to be gold. Got to try. Got to try. And we get to, I just know that something's got to happen, mate. Um, and it's so interesting. You know, we just want to serve and support. Our purpose, you know, yeah. when you sign up for the military, your purpose is outside of yourself, you know, be that looking for adventure, serving your country, either way, as soon as you join the military, you're given a purpose outside of yourself. You're taught to have whatever is motivating you, whatever is fatiguing you to not be any matter before the mission or the men that you're there to support. And as soon as you get out of the military, that's what happens is we lose that purpose. And that purpose, like for me as an officer, mate, I had the mission. The mission was, you know, the purpose at the end of the day. But then along the way, I had some absolutely awesome people that I was responsible for, you know, not, you know, I was in charge of, I was responsible for them. And I absolutely love that. You know, my love language is acts of service and all these things that tickle me pink. But what I realized is I actually had two very strong layers of resilience so that any problem, any fatigue and ailment, whatever, like it stopped up here or it stopped here before it reached me because I was so focused and committed to what happened then. Yep. I then left the military and I lost both those levels of resilience. I lost both those levels of resilience and the first time in my life since leaving high school, I was required to look after myself without a purpose outside of myself, without an intrinsic motivation to draw me out of myself when I'm having a shit day in the morning. And it only lasts so long, right? <laughs> oh, because like your planning process and your creativity and stuff, you know, putting in another, you know, target in front of you isn't hard, but when it's 
done on a daily or done on a weekly basis because you have all that drive and anxiety behind you and you still haven't placed it yet and you'll do it again and do it again and do it again. You'll do this for years. Yep. I know because I've done this for I know. years. <laughs> right? You do this for years. What are we on? Version 6? Yeah, I'm on V6. Yep. Yeah, right. This is, this is Scotty V6. Hopefully, well, I can't say no. Hopefully, it's the yeah. last one because we, we no, but that's and this is the whole thing, mate. If you don't have that intrinsic motivation, that intrinsic purpose, that's when all of a sudden you start relying on the extrinsic motivators. You start relying on that what you're getting feedback through social media, through everything else in between. And to be honest, like that's when shit actually really hurts. Like I know you, mate. When you left the military, you actually started doing great things. I mean, you've got a very spontaneous personality. You're super fit, but. I was still in the unit at the time when you started actually making some great waves on socially and all that I ever heard was people cutting you down, you know, that you're in it for yourself. And now on the outside, I actually realise that, mate, you really are on your own when you're out of it and you have to try and survive somehow. Yep. And actually you're there trying to promote the unit, trying to promote the cause, tr trying to promote as much as you can because that's who you are. Yep. But inside the unit, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. You haven't walked those shoes and it's so easy to just go into narcissism and poppy Mate, cutting my story since 2014 when i started putting on, on social media if you go back there is no i written in any of my posts i'm posting three times a day at a minimum all the way through there and you know it was all we yep. and commandos because it, we're a team and that's how we do it and not one post was about me yet when you're out in this world and then you start to dive into a new skill set that you need like marketing and sales yeah. right and if you're a personal trainer people need to know that you exist yeah and you need to put these things out there that, you, that the world that you're in. But apparently, that's you know, well, people want to know what you've done for the last decade. They need trust. And if you can't suddenly right? say, "Hey, I've been a commander. Like, I am a commander. My whole life has been trained to do this." Yeah. So you're not allowed to use that because people in the unit think that that's you just showboating. But if you don't use that, nobody knows who you are. And that deep down is who you are. Like even with barriers and everything, mate. I tried to like suppress that side of me. And that's the side that just bubbles up because that's what you've literally been imprinted on for over a decade. Like are stinging to help the next person, and you have the knowledge and experience to do so. That key word that people needed to to trust was commando for me. Like special forces, anything around that was just to say, "Hey, I am trusted. I have experience. I can help you. I'd yeah. love to do so. Please get in touch with me, and we'll we'll bash out a a course of action for you so yeah. you can dominate your life. That's all it is, and all yeah. it was, and all it will be but um well that's it and it's i mean i gave this chat at the rmc second rmc third class the other day responsibility versus entitlement you know some people do get out and some people wear it as an entitlement but like to be honest blokes like yourself and myself and many other i've met really are there literally wearing it as a responsibility and they actually carry it as their responsibility to act like the best they can to be the best example of what it was and what it was to be a commando in the unit outside of it and that's the, that's a true thing. I mean, adapting to your surroundings, adapt, adapting to your environments, being the best in those environments is what we do. But it's just again a, a large education process, mate. I'm just going to spear off over in this direction. Um, what do you know? Any stats, right? When it comes to our guys that have, you know, committed suicide, yeah. even, even just amongst your friends, we're talking, you know, out of out of ten, out of whatever, just to give these guys a bit of a, a heads up on guys that have tried and failed. Yeah, you know, guys that have, have been to this. Um, well, this is this is the craziest thing. So since 2001, unfortunately, the actual data at the moment only goes until 2017. So it's more than that. But we have had more than 400 veterans commit suicide. Uh, we've that's nearly 10 times the number of those who died in combat during Afghanistan and Iraq in those same 20 years. As you and I know, for every person that commits suicide, and unfortunately, even the government systems and processes are currently focusing on that suicide rate. There's another 10 at least who've attempted suicide. Yep. And for those who've attempted, there's another 100 
who are having ideations. You know, like I said, 12 out of the 12 people that I've spoken to, mate, all said that they've been there. They've been that depth of despair where they actually thought the most logical thing to do was to take their own life. Yep. You know, these are completely logical people at like yourself or myself. Like, I was there, mate. And I always thought that suicide, you know, you see it's, you know, the guy sitting on his couch sipping a bottle of whiskey and degenerating into this state. No. All of a sudden, for two minutes, it literally made the most logical sense. And then my pup came and put his head on my leg and I snapped out of it. And you sit there going, that is the most illogical thing I could think, but it doesn't come from a place of logic. And all it takes is that two minutes and resources to do it. Anyway, and for those hundred, there's another thousand guys and girls who are degenerating into anxiety and depression. And that's where I've been able to work with my psychiatrist and my psychologist and look at this and the current process. Perfect, man. I was just going to ask you, so some of the solutions that we have stumbled across, our experiences since being out that help us avoid those situations to begin with and or you're in that situation and you need to get yourself out. Like I know one and I'll start us off to get your head spinning is, um, is physical training. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why one of the reasons that, you know, and I've hit this position that, that you talk about multiple times before, but I'm still here and I'm still trucking on and physical training and having the support and the people around me interested in physical training also. Yep. You know, don't get me wrong, man. I've been to the gym and then I've sat on the bench and haven't done one rep and cried. <laughs> right? man, I know it. you're laughing at no, me. No, no, I've taken three <laughs> shots of C4 waiting for it to, to spark me up and still not being able to get that motivation. I'm with you. And what I'm crying about is that, you know, that whole... I used to be at this level, yeah. you know, like my performance should be here. Yet the, what I'm feeling right now, consciously, all I want to do is put on the tunes and, and action all these other things, you know, wearing the right stuff, pre-workout. So, you know, I know there's a whole chain of events that I can do to try and prime my mind. But when you've got a particular imbalance going on or a particular train of mind, you are just head first yeah. into like... I don't know, man. I don't even know what it nah, is. I'm with you, mate. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Like physical, mental and emotional health. Yep. Um, you know, it's actually, it's so incredible. I've now been able to pick it apart in the unit. Yep. You know, we were physically fit. We placed such a priority on that. But that's because we knew what our purpose was, mate. Like mentally and emotionally, we were on mission, on target with the boys doing what needs to be done. And physical fitness is what you did to make sure you could not only keep up with the pack, but perform your job as best as possible. So while we may think we prioritize physical fitness, that's only because everything else was already in alignment. Get out of the military, losing our sense of purpose, losing that mental and emotional focus, we resort to that physicality. I don't know about you, mate, but if I'm not aligned mentally and emotionally, I can spend as much time in the gym as I want and my body doesn't respond, my strength doesn't respond. Fitness to me has to be a byproduct of that alignment prior. I'm glad you're talking here, and Jenna's over there, by the way, my partner. Hey, Jen. And she's <laughs> and, she, and and this is perfect because you're um, communicating this in your own language, which Jen hasn't heard out of my language, but knows it all too well. Yeah. If I don't have the stars aligned, and I don't know our purpose and our future, and all the bells and whistles plugged onto it, and I can see the whole thing there, yeah. I don't I don't attach myself to what's the point. Yeah. Like if I if it's not going to get me there, or I haven't lined up all those things yet I don't train either and I know that when I do train I train half-hearted or I train like this and and the purpose um, you know without being driven by the purpose I don't get any results like you're saying Um, I think I've slowly diminished over the years in size in body fat finding it extremely hard to to cut body fat or extremely hard to gain muscle when you have an align so v6 eight years down is still trying to find the damn purpose (laughs) mate I'm with you like look the biggest 
again, looking back, the biggest shock for me was bringing, bringing Barry's bootcamp here to Australia. Yep. That sort of two-year period, I was my most physically unfit. Uh, just because, you know, there was so much else going on. I was throwing myself into this physicality to try and provide that holistic health that I needed. But that was just, again, that one third, that, that fraction of it and everything else was all over the place. And for me, this is my own personal journey whereby the DV, I then started going through my DVA stuff. And like, mate, that was just like a weekly anxiety piece, a weekly devaluing, a weekly huge issue. And it just tore me down. I remember Blake's back with Blake then. He used to hear me getting off those phone calls. You know, that just took so much out of me. But, um, you know, even being the head of a fitness brand coming to Australia, it was so incredible. Like, it didn't actually mean squat because everything else was, like, rotting inside. Yeah, man, I can't, um, I can't vibe with you enough on that one, man. And, it's, and especially when people, like, look – people even looked at me, even looked at me, let alone looked at you for you, actually what you were at in your the peak of your physicality. You know, and they look at us and they expect us to be these things. And they, and they still even, like, you know, our mediocre level is actually still pretty good – and you sort of start buying into that, that it's okay, but you actually know deep down that you're better than that, and it just builds this false okay, hope okay, within so this you. This is a daily, um, you know, this is a daily thing that gets me down, right? Every single day is again, like being a commando and being out, whatever. You used to be at a certain level in certain areas, right? Yeah. If you're not that anymore, and you know the reasons why you've, you know, come down from that level. For example, I used to do social media three times a day plus, right? I'd do my head in. <laughs> How do you put yourself out there when you don't love yourself anymore? Yeah. Right? If you don't vibe with exactly where you're at because you used to be yep. something, you know what I mean? And you're yeah, not there sure. anymore and you're, you're reminded by it, by what you see in the mirror, your actions, the response from people around you. Like, you know. Yeah. How do you escape that? You can't escape that knowing and then the the mindset goes off this like you know yeah. chat 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 the I'm with you right the head's creep the oh, voice is creeping yeah, in oh dude maybe that's it like I that's a, the hilarious part for me was when I really lost that purpose and I actually really tried to really disengage from the whole commando brand and everything and then I found a lot of people I mean that whole different story here but that's when I sort of started actually accepting my sexuality and things like that and the whole gay world is like so superficial and I started receiving really quick buy-ins and feedback on physicality and you know that's i just changed my social media i started being like posting in speedos you know i would never wore a speedo in my life things like this where you start buying into where you start to feel that value and need that value and you actually start building this whole false version of you and it's just this shallow empty version of you because there's no purpose in science you need to go for whatever extrinsic feedback and motivation you can get and it just perpetuates into a pit dude that's the v6 that we're talking about <laughs> and, and not the engine version yeah. six like you bought into and you created visually and you yeah. attached emotionally to what you would look like as this gay because you needed version, just right? needed to feel valued and then, so I've been the professional camera guy, yep. you know, the professional this, the professional that, the professional Ninja this. Ninja warrior. Trust me, yep. if I didn't see it to the end, yeah. I wouldn't have done it in the first place. So I, you turn yourself into it, but then it's switch path. You yep. know, you hit that point. Hey, and man, I want you to tell me um, what's, your, um, what's your angle with this voice of a veteran? Um, what do you want it to be, you know, what do you want it to enable? I want it to enable contemporary veterans to feel like uh, they have a voice. I want it literally to be a platform that we can try and bring together so many of these contemporary veteran organisations that are doing such good work uh, and bring together like all veterans, you know, 
I've spent the last year or so working in and around, trying to work in and around the RSLs, working with the Swiss Aid boys, the young veterans guys. There's so many great organisations out there um, that are already doing good work. And I just want to continue to support them in a objective way to bring as many guys and girls together. But like, mate, we need to get out and we need to like, re we need to activate the contemporary veteran community. Yep. You know, like I'm telling you, mate, post COVID, we need to like get out and about you know, these defence transition seminars that are occurring in garrison towns, like need buy-in from contemporary veterans who have walked the successful path and have also walked the path that's leading down towards failure. Yeah. And they just need to hear it from people who've been there. And this is where I realise people like yourself and myself, mate, in the wider military, had great cut through just by using the special forces card. You know, it, it is what it is. Like everyone else in the military knows that. We can also bring together things like what we've experienced from the highs of social media through to real life starting up businesses, everything else in between, without attitude, without ego, just delivering what needs to be said. Like, to be honest, if that's one project I could do tomorrow, yep. make it happen. But So right now, COVID's here. We can't do, you can't do all the travel that you want to do that will be happening, yep. right? So guys reaching out is that next step, right? Everyone's been doing it over their platforms, phones, yep. computers, whatever they can. Reaching out at the moment, it's coming very soon by the time that this, you know, chat is out there, all that sort of stuff. Where can guys go to right now that we can, myself, yourself, for example, are always yeah. there. Yeah, and for then, sure. And then soon there's some platforms coming as well. For sure. So the big thing for me is like getting this website up, voiceoverveteran.org. And what I want to do, you know, even on the DVA system, mate, you know, they don't know how many veterans there are in Australia. Like that's just incredible to me. <laughs> um, anyway, but... You know, in order to have legitimacy carrying forward and not just being our own opinions, then I need to go to and post these questions and post these uh, comments and ask for information from current serving veterans. Yep. So that website's going to be that platform where we'll continually update with web forms, with some form of questionnaires. And I just really need that veteran engagement because then I'm going to grab that information and I'm going to put it around a big sharp stick and start hitting people with it. Sure. And I've heard, I've heard your story in detail and I think, you know, later on we're going to hear your story in detail. They've sort of scratched the surface. Yep. Myself, I've got a bunch of... I've, like I said, version six, that means that there's five other versions where I've hit this same plateau yep. slash hole and I've had to get myself out of and want to share. But guys, if you've got your own story, that's what we want yeah. to compile, whether it's written, whether it's video, whether it's whatever, because this is going to give us the power and give the other guys the confidence to reach out and do the same thing. Absolutely. Like this is, this is 100% my full-time job is to get out there, hear the stories from the contemporary veterans, hear their experiences. And you know what? We've all highly trained and know how to solve problems. So most guys and girls are sitting there actually knowing how they could have been helped along the way. Get all those together. Get I don't care how big the document is, but go through it all and provide it to those who have to make decisions. You know, we're talking about the politicians. We need noise and we need numbers. We've got a whole veteran community out there who are smart, engaged, well-trained people. It's time to activate it and get amongst it. Absolutely. And I think any other assets, if you guys out there have skill sets that you know we're going we're gonna to need, on the way through, then fire them through as well, because I'm sure Hess could do a... For sure. I mean, this, once we, you know, even even digitally online, there's so much we can do, but I really want to just start activating that um, veteran network once you're out. You know, we should be having annual events. We should be having veteran communities. We should be having more involvement and engagement with our like-minded people. We should be actually, like, forging ahead and doing some of these exciting things. Like, we all know how to organise shit at the drop of a hat like let's get together and do that for a fun and engaging and motivating way I'm smiling because it sounds right <laughs> up my alley i mean right look at this guy he just rolled out a bloody uh <laughs> what's this called podcast <laughs> studio right on my terrace here out of four or five pelican cases like that's where it's at that's it hey that's the fun stuff and we oh. love organizing we love getting into um to that sort of stuff so yeah the events to come the activations that's all they're going to be activations yep. get along 
Well, this is it. And as a part of this process, you know, I thought, look, let's just make up another foundation. You know, let's raise money. Let's do all this. But first and foremost, like contemporary veterans need to be helped tomorrow. So getting out there and saying, hey, there's some contemporary veterans who are taking up the cause for you and want to involve you with it. That's step one to know that, hey, like someone's out there listening. Because when I was sitting on my couch and you having your moments, mate, you felt like that you're waiting for big brother, you're waiting for the system to fix it, but it's not going to happen. So we need to start helping our guys and girls, our peers tomorrow. The next part is that cultural change piece. You know, my father was in the military for 30 years. He got out and then moved to a farm out in Warwick for 10 years and, you know, just sat in his own pit of depression and went through his own stages um, of depression and issues not being transitioned from defence appropriately. My grandfather fought, uh, he was a section commander, then a platoon sergeant on the, on the hook in Korea. And then he was the RSM of 8RR in Vietnam. And then when he got out, he went and bought himself a professional fishing boat, crayfishing boat, and spent 14 years spending a week or, or days out without speaking to my nana, doing his own transition from the military. So as a part of this, mate, phase two is this cultural systemic change, you know. Our responsibility, and I have chatted with so many Vietnam veterans out there who are our greatest allies in the contemporary veteran world, is to not allow this system to continue to perpetuate and rapidly onset anxiety and depression and neglect our service veterans transitioning for defence for the next generation. You know, my nephew wants to join the military. You know, if there's not a purpose of supporting the current generation, then the future generation is where it's at. So this is the, the phase two, is that systemic change, that cultural change. Mike, drop, buddy. <laughs> I think you've said enough. You've nailed it. Don, how do you back that up? Mate, we're just going to make it happen. And, you know, as you know, the biggest thing is, mate, bringing together the, the noise and the numbers. You know, there's no... I'm not in this to raise money. I'd love to raise money for some projects that are going to come along the way that are literally there to support and help veterans that I feel like the, the government should be doing anyway. But um, it's all about, like you're saying, reach out if you've got ideas, if you have resources, as opposed to providing funds to things. If you can yeah. provide services and support, like that's what we need. Yeah. Um, we just need good people who know what needs to be done and, and to get amongst it. And, uh, and lessons learned from, from myself definitely is that uh, we won't be letting all the cats out of the bag. Yeah. Um, there is plenty of ideas in the pipeline that uh, we won't be speaking about until they're, out about, <laughs> until they're done. Until they're I done. really want to though. <laughs> until they're done and they're a rolling thing, so stand by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stand by to get some. Thanks for listening to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. We really hope that there were some key takeaways that might help you be they relatable, be they aspirational. But we're not just here for your entertainment, so please make sure you remember, move on and action from here. And that's it, guys. If you've heard something here today that has truly helped you, it's our duty to share that information with as many as we can. Support is about being proactive, and that's taking action to better our own lives as well as the lives of as many mates as we can. We love your support getting these messages out, so please subscribe. Go to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Voice of a Veteran. Catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. And just a reminder, you can actually catch the full video for this particular podcast episode at the Voice of a Veteran YouTube account. Check it out if you're a visual learner like myself or just want to have a few good laughs watching us put this together. The link should be posted below.